Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved this world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of our Lord. It was one year ago, this Sunday, when our church building closed. I remember that Sunday. We were preparing to welcome new people into our church, and I was excited and ready to celebrate. And instead, instead I ended up sitting in my bedroom by myself and holding my phone close to my face and recording a sermon about staying connected. And then I figured out how to put it on our website, which was a big deal back then. In the past year, we have experienced and learned and lost much. And it seems important to acknowledge this anniversary today and, and all the feelings that come with it. I know I am feeling it. In our first reading from Numbers this morning, which, by the way, is a really weird story, we heard about the Israelites wandering around in the wilderness, wanting to go back to the way things used to be. We can identify with that. And on our Wednesday night service this week, we'll be looking at that passage more. Please remember, Pastor Sarah and I are always here for you to talk and to pray and to find hope and to find faith together. We love you. And God loves you. I remember I once heard a story about God's love told by a pastor named Rob Bell. He said one day he and his wife Kristen were cleaning the house when they found this, this strange little white ball They'd never seen it before, and they had no clue how it got there. When they asked their sons if they knew where it came from, the youngest just shrugged his shoulders and said no, but, but the older son acted really strange. He started talking in this weird voice and saying, I, I don't know, it's the strangest thing. I have, I have no idea where it came from. It's just the strangest thing. It, it, it appeared out of nowhere. Who knows where it came from? It's, it's the strangest thing. And they were confused, but I mean, you know, kids are weird sometimes. So they just let it go, and they didn't worry about it. 
A couple days later, the, the boys were fighting and the younger one came running into the room saying that his older brother had hit him and the older brother started talking in that same weird voice saying, I, I, I didn't hit him, I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. It's, it's the strangest thing. And it wasn't hard for mom to put two and two together. So she just looked at him and she said, kind of like you don't know where that white ball came from, huh? And the kid just froze like, like a deer in the headlights. He knew he was busted. He knew his mom had figured out that he was lying, lying about hitting his brother and about stealing that white ball. And so he turned and he ran upstairs and crawled under the blankets of his parents' bed, and he hid by himself in the dark. Our gospel reading this morning takes place in the dark. Jesus is speaking to a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who came to Jesus in the middle of the night when it was totally dark because he was trying to hide See, he was curious about Jesus, and he wanted to know more. He thought Jesus was worth listening to, maybe even learning from. But the other religious leaders did not, because Jesus was, was challenging their teachings and their place at, at the top of a religious system that gave them power while burdening everyday people with countless religious demands and expectations and rules. Nicodemus came to see Jesus in the middle of the night, in the dark, so that nobody could see him and know the truth. And that's when Jesus said these famous words. John 3.16, seen on billboards and coffee cups and at wrestling matches everywhere. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. I mean, this is the heart of our faith that God loves this world enough to sacrifice and even die so we can have life. And it's also how we live out our faith because if God loves the world that much, loves the people in this world that much, then we should too. But the words that come next, the words that don't appear on the coffee cups, they're powerful too. Jesus told Nicodemus, this man who'd come to see him in the night, in the dark, in secret, that as humans, we prefer the darkness over the light. Because the darkness hides our, our shame, and our imperfections, and our evil. While light exposes us. And I have to admit that I'm wary of passages that equate light with good and darkness with evil. I mean, language shapes the way we see the world. And verses like this were used by Christians to teach that, that people with darker skin are inferior and evil. It was used to justify slavery and the dehumanization of other human beings. There are plenty of other places in the Bible 
where the darkness is full of, of blessing and peace and restoration. But in the Gospel of John, when Jesus uses these words, when, when he says darkness, he means hidden. And when he says light, he means exposed. So what Jesus is saying is that as humans, we prefer being hidden over being exposed especially when it comes to our wrongdoing. And we know this is true. Think about the millions of women who have told their stories about being harassed and abused. All the actions that powerful people and organizations have tried to keep secrets. The stories that nurses at St. Vincent are now able to tell the royal interview last week, the the cases settled confidentially so the details never see the light of day. Evil thrives when it's kept hidden and secret where nobody can see. And healing is only possible when something is brought out into the open. Listen, we all have parts of ourselves that we like to hide. Maybe it's the addiction or the harmful behavior we can't stop or the thing that we know is wrong, but we just keep doing anyway. The past decision or mistake that we feel ashamed of, the the fact that we're judgmental, our racist attitudes, our, our lack of compassion for those in need, our disdain for some people. And I wonder how many of us, like Nicodemus, hide parts of who we are because we feel shame or we worry how others will think or react if they find out. Parts of ourselves that that we don't like, that embarrass us, that make us feel self-conscious and vulnerable. For most of my adult life, I've put enormous amounts of energy into hiding the fact that I struggle with constant anxiety and with obsessive compulsive behaviors that make daily life more difficult because because I felt ashamed and embarrassed and, and I worried what others would think, especially since I'm a pastor. And because bringing it out into the open felt too scary and vulnerable. It is easier to pretend that the parts of ourselves we want to keep hidden away aren't there. To ignore them. To keep them hidden. To act as if the broken places in our lives are just totally fine. Rather than face them, it's just, it's just much easier to run upstairs and hide under the blankets, isn't it? By the time Rob Bell got home from work that day, his son had been hiding under those blankets by himself for hours. When Rob went upstairs to look, all he saw was a lump in the middle of the bed where his son was laying in the darkness, full of shame and embarrassment. And Rob went over to the bed and he pulled back the covers and he let the light in. He held his his slimy, sweaty kid in his arms and said to him, there's nothing you could ever do 
that could make me love you less. There's nothing you could ever do to make me love you less. There's nothing you could ever do to make me love you less. There's nothing. Nothing you could ever do to make me love you less. Nothing. See, here's the really, truly amazing part about John 3.16. Not just that God loves us, but that God sees us and knows us fully and still loves us. We can't keep anything hidden from God. Before God, all of us stand exposed. All of our armor is useless. All the things we like to hide are in full view. All all the things we're ashamed of are fully known, and we are loved. All our secrets, all the things we don't like about ourselves, all the imperfections and insecurities, all the behaviors and thoughts and words that are wrong, all the places that are broken, all the things we want to hide or ignore, God sees all of it. And we are loved. God so loves not just good people, God so loves not just righteous people. God so loves not just people who have it all together. God so loves broken people. God so loves imperfect and hurting people. God so loves you that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. And that, I believe, gives us the courage to stop hiding, to love ourselves, to love others, to bring things into the light. Because the truth is that things don't really heal when they're kept hidden or secret. We're not going to heal what's broken in our world until we bring it out into the light and talk about it honestly. It is up to us, collectively, how we want to respond to racism and to sexism and and xenophobia and inequity and these deep political divisions we all know are there and the fact that some people can't afford medical care and unfair working conditions at local hospitals and everything else that's broken. It's up to us how we respond to these things, but Jesus tells us that things don't heal in the darkness, but the light makes healing possible. He tells us that God is good and gracious, and when we bring things out of hiding and into God's light, well, God's light has the power to heal what's broken. And sometimes that healing will take a long time, And it will be difficult, and it might involve trained professionals, and we'll encounter setbacks. But God's love and light are greater and stronger than any of the brokenness in our lives. You know, it took a while, but Nicodemus eventually stepped out of the shadows. After Jesus died on the cross... It was Nicodemus who came in the full light of day to help take care of Jesus' body. He stopped hiding who he was, stopped making decisions based on fear, and he stepped out of the darkness. God invites us to do the same. 
May we recognize that the broken parts of our lives will only be healed if they're brought into the light. And may you know that no matter who you are or where you've been or what you've done, no matter what secrets you have or the parts of yourself that you're, you're trying to hide away, no matter your imperfections and inadequacies and insecurities, there is nothing that will make God love you less. Nothing. It's just the strangest thing. Amen.